You're listening to Oblivion. It's November 13th, 2023. Well, uh, David, the Gaza genocide is uh, going apace. Um, it just gets more um, savage and uh, appalling as every day goes by. And of course, the latest was uh, the Al-Shifa Hospital, uh, another uh, hospital they decided they Babies to... <laughs> stranded that can't get medical care, premature mm. born babies that have to be all huddled together and have a blanket on it. It's no longer functioning as a hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, they they don't have uh, power. Their water systems don't work, and there's sewage spilling in the streets. How can you do this? How can you justify the existence of of any of these uh, institutions that are in, involved in uh, perpetuating this kind of just slaughter and and torment? I mean, we are the, the genocide generation. <laughs> and all of that... Genocide uh, generation! All of that bad vibe uh, that we felt in college, uh, you can see you know, what we were feeling back then. I mean, you can elaborate if perhaps your experience was kind of different, but... <laughs> You know, I just remember, like, it was just impossible to find anyone or any kind of a group that I felt uh, comfortable around or at home with, that was a, a community. Just And so you can look back on it and say, well, this is just something that's wrong with David Overby, which is what the story has always been, right? Something <laughs> wrong with me. But it could also be, uh, or it, it could be instead, no, there's something wrong with all of these other people. But if you're a bigot and you're not open-minded, you'll always just go with what you assume to be the, the more likely and plausible explanation, right? But it doesn't make any sense that there's there's only something wrong with one person versus there's something wrong with lots and lots of people. Cause if you think about it, if there's something wrong with anybody, most likely it means that there's, uh, something wrong with everyone, right? That's, uh, that is what is a lot more plausible and likely versus there's just something wrong with this one person. Like we don't accept, drug use right those people are wrong they're bad there's something wrong with them but we do accept mass shootings we accept lewiston we accept sandy hook we accept uvalde and we accept genocide well there's just no way to even begin to equate the two things like just someone enjoys getting high or they're dependent on uh, something in order to be able to uh, deal with with being alive. That also, if you think about it, really isn't that hard to understand since life is hard and it is a stressful thing. And as you 
uh, wisely put it not long ago, life is also an immediate event, right? Where as Americans, we're trained to always think of far off into the future, saving for retirement, uh, delaying gratification, the, the labor camp, uh, work ethic. And you see that mindset in play uh, with what's going on in Gaza, right? This is all about what eventually is going to happen, right? As all these wars have been, like we have to, we get rid of Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden, then we can prevent terrorist attacks in the future. We get rid of Saddam Hussein, there won't be weapons of mass destruction. If we do this, if we do this. And of course, you don't ever deal with the immediate um, devastation and, and slaughter. I mean, it's, this has to be um, like one of the worst things that has ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's hard to say. When it gets up into the major leagues, you know, it's all the same as atrocity in general, right? So, uh, yeah, it's like the latest atrocity, and, and it's unprecedented to the extent that you can just see them doing it, like right out in the open and this uh, amazing propaganda campaign to like tell you that the opposite of what you're seeing is true. It's like, this is not a massacre. We're just have to get at these Hamas that are under these babies. You we're know? the victim. <laughs> yeah. These, the these Hamas, we're the these Hamas animals have these uh, tunnels we're under, the under the hospital. And uh, they just force us to like kill all the, Innocent civilians, and of course, they aren't innocent anyway, right? Because um, uh, basically, they're all Hamas. The they're bad. Yeah, I mean, the attitude there they're is like just you are one hundred percent genocidal as far as the populace there, and yeah, um, they're your competitors for the Holy Land. Yeah, and they are they going to possibly change their? Uh, I mean, there's been absolutely there's been total support from the from the US uh 100% uh you know the one Palestinian congresswoman uh Rashid Tlaib you know gets censured with a 30 something democrats joining in you know for whatever that's worth but uh you know just uh because she was calling it genocide and was calling for a ceasefire, and it's still like nobody can say that. And it's so you know, Bernie hasn't said it. Nobody, other, I mean, you know, a f maybe a few of these squad have mentioned it. I don't know, um, but you know, that's as as anti-war as you get, and it's pretty weak sauce. Um, uh, God, it's just yeah. I mean, back to the hospital, it's. Yeah, it just bombing a hospital. You know, I see these images. I try not to look too much, and but they come up a lot on. You know, I follow these independent journalists and like pro-Palestinian people on Twitter and stuff. And the on the feed, it's just a constant churn of these uh, horrifying images. And, you know, dead children and big piles and. Uh, you know, and of course the latest ones, the a, a big bunch of babies that. Uh, 
you know, should be in incubators and they don't have any <laughs> power or any way to run the incubators anymore. So, you know, they might just have to waste away there. They better be the fittest little Terra Tomas to, to make, it, make it out of that, you know. A heartwarming, conservative, <laughs> pro-life culture. Yeah, so... And babies and yeah. children piling up everywhere and the smoldering rubble of a hospital. Yeah, and so so it just uh, you know we used to have our our fun little skits like you know our uh, um, you know abortion clinic terrace camp uh, franchise uh, you know and the clinic the clinic and just the 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 general uh, uh, you know like a, this image of cruelty that's uh, <clears throat> that you just think is like something from Halloween in a story, but then you see it in real life going on, <laughs> you know, getting to see a you know, classic genocide. Uh, uh, but this time with smart bombs. Yeah. <laughs> we got smart bombs and we got these anti-personnel, you know, that was the kind of the, one of the big things, they uh, atrocities they did at this one hospital. Of course, you know, the, there's all this focus on this, but there's a hundred these already, you know, uh, things just as awful in every total way. You know, the phosphorus bombs that, uh, you know, sling out uh, flaming phosphorus that if it touches your skin, it just burns straight through, you know, and, uh, you know, just uh, uh, one horror image after the other. And uh, so, but the the first thing was this, uh, I think it was basically the same thing they did with that other hospital back a couple, two or three weeks ago, uh, where they have this these anti-personnel missiles that, you know, just uh, sling out projectiles that chop everybody into bits. And that's what they're about, is to kill as many people as possible. And, you know, they just sent one of these in, through the parking lot again, um, chopping everybody up. Um, but, uh, you know, this is what you got to do to, uh, uh, you know, Hamas has some tunnels under there, David. I mean, come on. It's, it's as if they, uh, there's just this, uh, foolproof, um, Israeli rationalization for everything that they could do. There are all these tunnels, Hamas, uh, hides among the civilian population. They use civilians as shields. Gosh, and we hate to do it, but um, I guess it just means we can kill everyone and blow up everything because we can say, well, there was probably some Hamas in whatever it was that we blew up. If there were civilians there, and, yeah, uh, it's literally what is said every time that they bomb something that the, it's questioned. And, and we both know that, like the the international um, courts, it mean in the end are uh, not going to do anything. I mean, I was just reading that the the law actually does say that while hospitals do get special protection, uh, they can lose that protection if the uh, combatants are actually using it as a command center right and so all of these laws and rules which in the first place are insane like if we don't want 
this well uh, ne- never never like, yeah i mean th- there's no justification like, there's totally no justification of murder right international yeah. law you can't have war yeah i mean wars of aggression are illegal and genocide which is going on right now is totally a, a crime but i mean the international courts unfortunately uh, the so-called international world, whatever the fuck, you know, where they didn't like Milosevic or, or whatever. Um, uh, it's a, just a kangaroo court that's NATO and U.S.-led, um, you know, at no point, you know, because it's a total joke, right? I mean, the biggest terrorist uh, uh, war crime nation in world history is the U.S. ongoing uh, you know, uh, I mean, we were the in total support. We are the genociders in this situation. I mean, most of these weapons are ours, <laughs> uh, you know, and we're just get tell them to do whatever they want. Uh, you know, this is the U.S. genocide. This isn't really Israel. Uh, you know, we're not doing anything to stop them. Yeah, sure. uh, you know, if we really wanted to and said no, uh, it would be over, right? Um. But uh, so uh, we're genociding hard. Go, go. Uh, genociding Biden. Genociding Biden. And uh, yeah, a whole bunch seems pretty much unanimity in, in the halls of power, David. I did read where there's uh, some tension in the, the White House with some of the White House staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I saw an article also within uh, Congress people that there's dissension. Uh, you know, uh, how could there not be? I mean, Jesus Christ, it's just like this atrocity well, going on. If the if these people get off on it, that's how come. Well, no, I'm sa- I'm saying that there, you know, there has to be dissension within the, um, you know. Uh, the people that are with a conscience that work for these uh, various Congress people are, you know, they're shocked and dismayed that uh, they have to go along with this party line. And, you know, um, well, I mean, the, the truth is, is that they don't actually have to. Right. And this right, is right. where you see the. Well, and there ha- have been a lot of res- resignations. It's, um, you know, okay. well, there you go. Yeah. Now, like when you say. Right. I mean, you just don't have any leverage. Yeah, well, uh, for for instance, the of course the New York Times article I was referencing, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, it was like there was dissension. People were speaking up. Uh, you know, it wasn't like I'm going to resign. You know, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So the New York Times, of course, it's just a very mild thing, and uh, you know. Some people, they're a little concerned. Maybe they're a little over-concerned about these Palestinians and their babies. Uh, you know. Uh, right. So, yeah, I canceled uh, uh, News Flash. I canceled my New York Times subscription subscription this week. Uh, you know, I just had it like the... Good. I mean, you know. I, and uh, but part of the decision was uh, last week... Uh, I think it was we were uh, I was looking back on the uh, New York Times because it's been a while since we've like looked over the numbers and stuff uh, for COVID. And, uh, you know, on air there, I was, you know, uh, 
had a little trouble finding it, and I was like, oh, yeah, here's the latest uh, you know, um, uh, chart. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, it looks like it's doing pretty good. And I looked co- closer, and it was like it was last March uh, <laughs> uh, that they had updated the chart. You know, I was like, why do you even have this on here anymore? <laughs> I, <and you> d- <laughs> so, yeah, it was so pathetic. I was like, this is not a newspaper. It's like a propaganda, um, total totally propaganda. propaganda total propaganda i'm sick of it you know and um getting constantly like drunk war you know every conflict you know it's like china you know, go for it uh israel right, has uh, the right to genocide um russia bat, U- ukraine you know doing something about covid and then uh with all the things going on in the world these front page reefer madness articles the hyperbolic language uh, I mean it just sounds like a, a yeah. satire of the 1950s <laughs> yeah before before yeah let's revisit that but before we leave uh, the genocide uh, you know it was started by this uh, Hamas uh, incursion into uh, uh, Palestine the so-called Israel uh, basically the place that they uh, <laughs> most of them were driven from the southern, part of Palestine, Galilee. Uh, and, uh, but uh, we still uh, have no video evidence of this uh, supposed massacre that occurred at the festival. And uh, this is very suspicious, David, because uh, this is a, uh, Israel is a n- n- not a poor country. Uh, everybody has a fucking cell phone and a smartphone. And, uh, um where are the hamas fighters uh firing on the the crowd and uh doing their massacres and chopping off their heads and whatever they're (laughs) accused of doing um uh no video evidence but actually this last week there was a release of some footage of these helicopter pilots that were flying around uh and they were like blowing up these cars right by running people and uh you know, apparently this was around the festival area, and uh, people were running down the street, but they were, like, bombing every vehicle <laughs> indiscriminately and not really giving a shit what happened to uh, the people around it. So, uh, And on top of that, there's been many reports of uh, heavy crossfire. I mean, they basically just massacred all the Hamas people uh, that held up in these uh, – um, oh, sorry about that um, – um, in the hospital? No, no. The, the, when there was the incursion by uh, Hamas initially. Uh, right. Oh, you mean at the music festival? Mu- music festival, yeah. So they were, uh, you know, basically bombed. and uh, But there was crossfire where the hostages were taken. You know, they held up uh, in the kibbutzes. That was the word I was trying to uh, get out of myself. Uh, and uh, basically the... Uh, security forces, uh, military came in and just shot up the place and killed everybody. All right, and uh, there's a couple of witnesses that survived uh, this uh, kind of thing, and this happened all over the place. And um, you know, I think that that's basically this massacre did not, you know, occur. There was like a lot of troops that were definitely killed. Um, uh, you know, 
maybe some some civilians, but just not this brutal thing that the Israelis are just doing every day times a hundred, right, to Gaza. Right, but I mean that's the thing. Even if the numbers, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, that Israel is saying uh, are, are true, uh, yeah, relatively accurate. There's no justification the, for <laughs> way out of proportion. Like we know for certain. Well, it just, you can see, yeah, all of this destruction, and it's like, so they came in, and this lasted uh, not only just one day, but but really mm-hmm. a matter of hours, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was over, kind of mm-hmm. like nine eleven. Like it wasn't. Uh, it, it may have been a war, but it was only uh, a war that lasted for a matter of hours, right? And then it was just, it was over. Right, right. Um, so, um, but this is just this open-ended slaughter and, and just misery and and uh, complete ruin. And it, it just shows you that the, I mean, these institutions and organizations are not legitimate. Like you don't need governments so that you can have people slaughtering other human beings and making them just live in in the most the terrifying nightmarish conditions that if you you can't there's no safe place to go i mean it it really is like the ultimate horror film there's no safe place to go, nothing is familiar nothing looks the way that you expect it any kind of basic thing that you that you want or that you you felt was uh stable and that you knew was going to be there for you that's gone i mean the babies in the in the hospital and the and it's no longer a, a functioning a hospital the uh the, the shifra i believe is uh what it's called I can go back to my uh, amazing. Yeah, you're uh, you're right. Al Shifa. Al Shifa. Yeah. The Al Shifa Hospital. I mean, uh, this is just so uh, horrible that um, I mean, it's this is the the reason that we have uh, governments and institutions and laws is precisely so that human beings won't treat each other like this and they can't treat each other like this. And there'll be something that will get in the way and not let it happen. Right. Like with, um, in, in America, we have this obstacle course of, uh, this never ending, a legislative process of committees and, a super majority and so uh, something like marijuana legalization is never going to happen but with a, a whole world full of institutions all of these governments nato the united nations the, these international courts all of this in place um nothing no one and certainly not the united states and certainly not the democrats can could stop uh, what's happening in Gaza from from happening, and uh, to to add to that, when I uh, when I look at social media, and and when I uh, look at the television, um, people by and large are just ignoring it, and and this that's a point that I've really been thinking about 
this takes me back to my college days and this a sense of like there's just really no one i feel um comfortable around or connected to and this is why like because that's how i mean our generation our culture is it, it it's either you know bloodthirsty and uh, ranting and raving for more war and you know eagerly um engaging in in more uh combat and and violence or um it just somehow doesn't think that it matters and that it's worth their attention yeah so let's uh uh move off into um um yeah another uh, oh uh, let's mention the um uh 800,000 people i saw the uh uh in london uh on um veterans day uh, i think they have another uh, name for it in um uh dear old england uh but uh yeah 800,000 people were um out on the streets london was filled up uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, uh, you know, but they beat uh, D.C. There was 200,000 people there, uh, marched to the White House. Um, so, you know, we need to pick it up here and uh, get more rowdy. We need some anti-war, um, hardcore. Uh, and you know when it's... It, uh, you got to have enough people where you start seeing the tear gas come out on them, you know. Then you know something is being, um, uh, you're making an effect on them, right? When they like disperse you and start fucking with you, you know. I haven't seen that yet, so. Yeah, I mean, there must have been at least uh, 25 or 30,000 people uh, uh, down here in, in Murray protesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was a hundred percent of the people were protesting. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> well, the people from the surrounding area. I mean, it's kind of the the point, and I was uh, interested to know what you thought of my uh, response when I said "too little, too late," uh, and you were telling me about these protests going on. Uh, do do you agree with my sentiment? I mean, can you see where I'm coming from? Or do you think um, maybe there is something, perhaps there's a slight awakening or change in, in the zeitgeist? Yeah, like I said, it's it's uh, there's going to have to be more, uh, more than that, uh, obviously. I've, I'm not seeing any... Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you you tell me. You're the the kind of the media expert of uh, the main MSM. Well, other than you, media. I didn't hear. I haven't heard anything about it. Really? So you mean Gaza? They don't even no, talk not, about not it. No, not Gaza. <laughs> I'm talking about the the protest oh. in in the London. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I, I think I looked at the BBC the next day, and there wasn't any mention of it. So. Um, and uh, I did see on the New York Times this morning. Well, where did you hear about it from? Uh, Twitter. You know, several people on Twitter that, um, you know, lived in London or whatever. 
um, sh shared some, like, for instance, the helicopter drone view of of the crowds, which just, they kept going on and on, went over the bridge, and, uh, you know, it was a couple miles long, uh, <laughs> or more, uh, there was a lot of people out, so it was pretty impressive looking, um, you know, like I said, there needs to be crowds that big, uh, in New York City, or whatever, you know, uh, I don't, I don't right, even know. but there also has to be, uh, and you, you gotta, it can't just be in the sort of cliche, uh, that's one of the problems with the protest these days is it can be, it, it has kind of um, gotten stale, right? And it, it was protesting really made an impact in, in the 60s because it was, uh, it was new. I mean, that level of, of protest and that uh, uh, level of, of intensity of, of defiance I mean, that was all um, really something the culture hadn't seen before. I mean, going from the pretty tame and castrated uh, 1950s uh, and then in the 60s, people, you know, really uh, became uh, vocal and, and free thinking. And so... Um, there's got to be more to it than just you in a place like London or, or New York. There's a big protest and you have your usual um, people that are saying that it's wrong and then that's it. I mean, there's there's really got to be a change in the culture, right? Counter culture, right? It, it, it's, it goes beyond just one issue or uh, one particular mode of expression for dealing with this one issue. There's got to be an all-around complete change, man, when something this, this bad and awful and extreme is happening, people have to understand that it's got to... Uh, be met with something uh, proportional, right? And that's certainly a, a multiple entendre use of, <laughs> of that word going on, right? That that what um, what Israel is doing is just completely non-proportional to, uh, as I was just saying, what amounted to uh, an hours-long uh, attack. I mean, that was limited to just this border area, right? It certainly didn't trap and doom um, an entire, you know, ethnic group to just uh, complete doom. Um, but uh, this is like so bad that it goes beyond, we'll have a protest and on this particular issue, you know, like, how do I feel about Gaza? I think there should be a ceasefire. And then that's it. Because there's this, it's, it, it just has to show you that you're, the whole culture that you're living in now has to be rejected and defied. Because it, it all is connected. Everything is connected to, to everything else. All of this aggressiveness and self-centeredness and acceptance of violence and acceptance of um hierarchy the total lack of, of imagination 
and and kind of a uh, a hyper um, ideological way that that people uh, identify. I mean, all of this just culminates into this uh, dead end fighting and 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 conflict, right? And and you see where where it takes you. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And you've got to move away from that, and you've got to go toward love and community. Right on, man. That sounds like fucking hippie talk to me, motherfucker. Beat down time. Right. A protest alone isn't enough. Like, you can't just go out there and march and say, this is wrong and I don't believe in this. The whole way that we live is wrong. And that's why something like Gaza happens, right? It doesn't happen in a vacuum. The out of control, just astronomical military spending, right? You're going to tell me that doesn't have anything to do with a war that has now led to genocide? Um, of course it has. It's hyper-militarization, warmongering, no foreign policy beyond war and more war and spend more than the have the, the biggest army and spend more than your enemies and prepare for another war while you're still doing this one lying about afghanistan both parties lying to the american people for 20 years um being the worst performing nation in the world and responding to covid it it really is just a culture that's undeniable um, uh, that is just destructive and foments uh, death and and horror. Horror. Yeah, it's pretty pretty horrifying. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, I you uh, sent a. Uh, um, uh, um, reefer madness article uh, <laughs> uh, let's see you have all the things to be <laughs> making the rounds once again <laughs> it's I, the usual uh, thing about edibles and teenagers try them they get their hands on them and they they take too much and then they get super stoned and they've got to go to the emergency room and then they, they get addicted and this stuff is really strong. <laughs> just, you know, that just not that long after Lewiston, remember a long, long time ago when, <laughs> what was it? Like 18 people were shot to death at a bowling alley in a bar in Lewiston, Maine. No talk about that. No talk about getting rid of guns. You know, let's time get our focus back on the things that are really disturbing. David, you and gotta keep your guns. We're in a war we're in war. It has nothing to do with the um the, 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 the marijuana. It's just like saying like books are dangerous because you can pick up a book and, and beat your head with it, right? You could pick up a book and just smash it, your head with the book until you 
damaged yourself, right? The problem is this phony, um, goody-goody American la-la land culture where everybody's just so preoccupied with being good and being right. No one can accept that um, people do drugs and they certainly um, ingest and, and smoke cannabis. Yeah, so let, let me uh, let me read some of this article so sure. we can shit on it. It's great. Um, when Naomi's daughter was 14, she had her first encounter with cannabis gummies purchased with a fake ID at one of several unlicensed smoke shops in their New York City neighborhood. Well, if it's unlicensed, why would they check IDs? Anyway, the candy she ate contained at least 50 milligrams of the psychoactive compound THC, well above the typical recreational range of 2.5 to 10 milligrams, and it prompted severe vomiting and put her, if only briefly, in a near comatose state. But I was really a near comatose <laughs> near comatose state. Okay. What does that mean anyway? And only briefly. You're, so you're hmm, in a coma maybe, or you're not. Maybe it wasn't so bad if it was only briefly in a near comatose. But I was really happy she. This is in quotes. But I was really happy she had that, that experience because I thought it would make her stay away from drugs forever. Naomi, who asked that her name be changed for privacy reason, recalls for Yahoo Life. <laughs> Instead, the teen switched to smoking weed and vaping THC oil as frequently as four times a day. Her mom discerned through snooping. Okay. Hmm. So, um, okay. That led to a scary bout with the chronic... What kind of snooping? Did she have like a fucking camera on her or something? Okay. Anyway. Uh, that led to a scary bout with the chronic vomiting of cannabis hyperreminence syndrome. SHS. Have you ever heard anybody that's had this? I've heard about this. Cannabis hypermesis syndrome? Yeah. CHS. Well, you know, I've heard about this vomiting thing that, and and you f you feel like sick, and the only way that you can, um, it's it's from very heavy uh, users, uh, and I don't think it's very common, but it's a, it is a thing, uh, you know, where they uh, have this kind of nausea, and you have to be under cold water. Is, relieves it so it's this weird <laughs> weird thing but i don't believe a word of it that she had any of this anyway and made her with she's probably like pregnant you know uh <clears throat> and made her with withdrawn and defiant now maybe there was some alcohol involved <laughs> yeah I mean, all of these mm -hmm. uh 14 year olds are mm -hmm. into vaping hash oil but they don't drink mm -hmm. they're not doing anything else um, it's just that the way it's written makes it sound like this is happening all the time. And that if you, you legalize pod is what you're doing is you're going to have 14 and 15 year olds that are like super addicted and they're, uh, psych they're psychotic and then they're vomiting all the time and their lives fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so it's all just a complete and total lie. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So let me continue. Uh, now 17, she was recently caught smoking pot in the bathroom of her, of her private school. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Rich kid. <laughs> it got her suspended, put on probation, and made subject to random drug testing, which, if she fails, will mean mandatory medical leave for inpatient rehab and possible expulsion before senior year. Holy fuck. What kind of Nazi fucking private school is this? No kidding. Meanwhile, her parents have employed a team of pricey experts, including a psychopharmacologist, an addiction specialist therapist, and a family therapist. God, I feel for this poor girl, man, that's being, like, run over the coals by these fucking Nazi, this Nazi parent. That's the problem. I mean, the problem in all of this isn't the the pot, it's that they just won't. Let her smoke it, just like they won't let anyone smoke it. <laughs> right. What are what is the actual problem? Oh my God! You know that that if you smoke pot, you're going to get expelled from school. The the marijuana does that. Like, yeah. Oh, and anyway, it's like a legal thing for an adult to do. Why are you like acting like they're a criminal and they have to go through all this shit? You know, when they're a kid and they got caught smoking pot. Uh, oh, my God. This is just outrageous. Right now, it's pretty bleak, admits Naomi, who believes the current situation is due to a collision of temperament and substance, all kicked off by that first alluring edible. Oh, my God. She, she, she was what a line, that first alluring edible. Like, no, this is all kicked off by reefer madness, right? by the reefer madness mindset that, responds to when the teenagers smoke pot that they the adults lose their mind they go psychotic and you know they have to punish and then really endanger the the future the this has been said about the about marijuana that the that the harm done by the laws should not ever exceed the harm done by the substance itself right and that's always what the like why is smoking pot bad for you because you're going to get in trouble then when you get in trouble um all these other bad things will happen and you may not be able to go to college and get a good job and then you'll be disgraced and of course what could very well happen if they just keep punishing this um this young woman and they uh they keep just driving her away from school and any kind of, of future then she'll become all the more alienated and resentful and it's entirely possible if she's if she's an outcast and, and she'll just wind up among a bunch of uh junkies and then she can start doing hard drugs yeah cool right? so one of the latest uh, <laughs> articles I, I read about that, um, and this is the complete failed uh, drug policy, is uh, near Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I'm sure these places are not just uh, there, but heard heard of a lot of places like this out west, but you basically have these encampments and these tent cities, and this one is out in the woods near Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it's just a big like a uh, drug camp and and everybody's addicted to what they call super meth 
right? In addition to the uh, opiates, and then some of the stuff, uh, the pills can have the fentanyl laced with it. And so uh, just all around this punish, 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 with with younger people, the the worst thing and the most dangerous thing is that they have a they are in a culture where they have to sneak around in order to do the things and to experiment with the things that they're interested in. And instead of having this phony and and rigid um, legal sense of when it's okay to do this or when it's okay to do that. You know, people are ready to do things when they become interested in doing them, right? And it could be at a much younger age than, oh, I just can't believe it. It it could be that by the time some people are 13 and 14, you know, they want to experiment with drugs and alcohol. They are interested in sex, right? They do want to have sex. Yeah, so, so so to your point, the next paragraph. If you shame them. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if if you shame them, then it's just, uh, um, yeah. I mean, it, that's it, where it, all it, the danger comes in. Yeah, right. When you that's, shame them, and okay. then they can't. It's not okay for them to do what they want to do when they're around the adults. Of course, they are becoming young adults themselves but when they're around the older people that's when all the danger occurs and it'd be that way with anyone doing anything like when you have to basically hide from other people to do whatever it is that you're doing whatever risk that it poses is is uh, heightened and increased because there's no one there to supervise you or to intervene right there also isn't um, any example to follow or any mentoring, right? So that instead of feeling ashamed when uh, someone become a young person becomes interested in experimenting with smoking pot, it can be like, it's okay. This is a normal thing that human beings do. You know, this is how you do it. So you're yeah, interested so, in, in yeah, edible. Well, here, Don't gobble the whole thing, which is here, what they do. Here, here's, Where did they get it? Where did they here's, get it? They here, got it at an unregulated, right, um, illegitimate pot shop. Those were everywhere. Why? Because New York State dithered and wouldn't get its legal cannabis system up and running. Right? Yeah, so, so you have the unregulated place. Just like getting it from a dealer, this is the problem with drugs. Like you want to know what you're getting, that it's in a regulated amount, that the potency and the purity of the drug has been tested so that you can be in control of what you're taking. If you want to take more, you can, but you know what you're taking. And like with the edibles and when you're a novice, you do start low and slow. Right. And you have to wait. I think that was another thing that the article mentioned. Right? And because it can take edibles a while to kick in, people mm-hmm. take them. And then they, when they don't get high right away, they take more. And then they get super high. Right. David, let me let me re- let me read this um, this next sentence, which is a very ending, interesting one. Her daughter is far from alone, including when it comes to why she uses cannabis. 
which is to calm her anxiety. The reason given, oh, yeah. the reason given by 52.9% of teen users, according to a recent study. Interesting. Okay. That's the reason they're using it. It's not because they're, uh, I don't know what. Go on to say could, no, but then the next sentence across the board, teen cannabis use abuse has increased dramatically, up two hundred and forty-five percent over the past twenty years, according to one study. With some experts attributing the rise to the wide availability of edibles, or how about referencing the last sentence and uh, saying maybe you could attribute it to increased anxiety. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, um, in in the population. Uh, okay. So. Right. And the lack of, of anything else that is effective at coping with it. But to make it even worse, the article has to, and this is a, a common to the junk science of, of, of reefer madness, is um, it, it goes, has to go on to say, but that pot actually uh, doesn't help relieve anxiety. In fact, studies have shown that it makes anxiety and depression even worse. And so this is just, I mean, how unbelievable, how dishonest can, can something be? It's like, I'm really stressed out. I want to be even more stressed out. I know what I'll do. I'll go smoke some pot. Like the pot's going to make me more stressed out. Like, of course, that's not what people do, right? They don't, when they're stressed out, they don't do something that makes them more stressed out. And if so, if they do smoke pot when they're stressed out, it is because it actually does make them relaxed. And that's where you can just see the bias and just how uh, mean and dishonest and vindictive these people are like they just insist that there is, is nothing good about cannabis that but it doesn't actually make you relax because then you get addicted and because it's it's an addiction this is going to cause uh, stress it's like no none of that is true like it just simply does um relieve stress it does make you calm down it just does that it's it's a fact and that is why people uh, use it. it. Makes well, them feel better. So, some people, um, it causes anxiety, and um, and and often that's because of the uh, they're taking too high a dose. They're an anxiety prone personality, or or whatever it is, um, and the dose is too high. And apparently, uh, the lower doses are are better for those types that are. Um, have a certain anxiety and that higher doses cause, cause more anxiety. Right. Um, well, but, sure. But, but, but see, I, but see, you know, if there was an open society where this was just taught to, uh, children, all right. Instead of this fear shit and that it's evil and wrong, uh, you know, tell them shaming, that the, and you're going to get punished and you're going to get punished. I mean, talk about anxiety causing the ringer. They're putting this poor daughter in uh, through, I mean, is that going to help her anxiety? No, <laughs> uh, it's definitely going to make it worse. But I guess that's not the point here, uh, right? Do you right, gotta... and it'll also definitely heighten whatever uh, uh, discontent that she has with with regard right. to society. But I mean, to yeah. go back to the question of, I mean, does cannabis make you relaxed and calm, or does it does it make you? anxious like my uh 
understanding and you know observing other people use cannabis is that anybody who uses cannabis regularly enjoys it right i mean nobody that uses it regularly does it because and it's that way with everything mm-hmm. because it makes them feel even worse so yeah. there may be i know people who have mm-hmm. occasionally mm-hmm. tried cannabis like they yeah. they really really like to drink right and sometimes cannabis is around mm-hmm. and they think oh why not you know i'll try it mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't seem to work for them yeah and right. they're and they're kind of uh they become maybe a little bit withdrawn or mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah. it becomes anxious but here's the thing they then don't <laughs> use it <laughs> right. so they're not using it yeah. so what are we talking about here the, the, we're, we're talking about in an article like that they're they're talking about people who like this this girl are have become regular cannabis users and this is another thing that's such a lie about it like in the first place so what who cares who says that if you smoke pot it is automatically inherently bad and wrong like it just is that is not science like you you're that's myth and bigotry right and and uh and and bias is is what that is it's not i mean the the fundamental things of science and uh scholarship and research is that you question existing knowledge and you seek to create and discover new knowledge you're always working toward a better understanding of things you don't ever look at at, at the world and his explanations as totally fixed and once and for all answered, right? And you certainly don't do that when the conventional uh, explanations, the ones that have, the points of view that have been around for a long time are so obviously contradicted by reality, right? And they're just so, they obviously just reek of corruption, right, and being politicized, and that this really isn't science. This is propaganda. Yeah, this is science, there, David, uh, done by people who understand science and they know how to use the jargon yeah, right. and talk about percentages. Hmm. That's something you see a lot. A two hundred and eighty-five percent increase. Da- David, here's the classic one. Uh, more towards the end, for kids already struggling with psychiatric issues, including anxiety and depression, these problems can become exacerbated. A teen with a family history of psychological disorders, especially schizophrenia or bipolar psychosis, will become more apt to develop them with cannabis use. And uh, this is just. Straight up lying propaganda. This is false, you know. Um, right, but then yeah. when it comes to autism and all of the really, really good things that pot does for people who have autism, these same people will say, "Well, no, we can't say that it's the pot that's actually helping them." And every case of autism is different, and there's always a combination of factors that's involved. I mean, right. these people are—they're liars and they're like-minded with the the tyrants who right. enforce uh, cannabis prohibition. They're, all, they're in the same 
class of motherfucking fascist, man. There's got to be a complete change, man. Yeah, peace, love, rock and roll. For my colleague and co-host, David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast.